I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today you have no idea how excited I am for this podcast. So this is one proper fanboy moment. You will see me starting and, and slobbering all over the place because this is a person that I have tremendous respect for. I've been reading his books for many, many, many years now. And I've gained a lot of wisdom from them. And as soon as I got the opportunity to record with our guest today, I was extremely excited. And his latest book, which is called How to Become Rich, 12 Lessons I Learned from Vedic and Puranic Stories, I think is absolutely essential for the kind of lives that we're living right now. Where finance is such an important aspect. It's a security that we need for. So without further delay, let me introduce you to our fantastic guest, Dr. Devdat Patnaik. Devdat, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Devdat, you know, when we talk about finances, right, there are so many interesting things that we can learn about it. And are finances different from the way they used to be? Like you're talking about the Vedic times and to the current times, right? What is the difference between these now? Um, so, uh, you know, in mythology, you talk about the goddess Lakshmi. So when you hmm. talk about goddess Lakshmi, you're really talking about money. But money has many forms. You're really talking, uh, you know, at one time when we were, let's say, hunter-gatherers, you didn't have money as we know it today. Um, what would you do? You would sort of... Uh, collect fruits and herbs and berries from the ground. You would go hunting and catch animals. And that would be food for you. And that would be currency. So if you had less food, I will give you some food. If you have a kind of food that I want, you have got a lot of berries and I've got a lot of, uh, say, uh, uh, some vegetable, then I can exchange that. So that would be perhaps uh, money in those days. And then, then the Vedic times, um, you know, animal herding became important. Cattle became important and therefore milk, and um, cows, and therefore you have all these rishis asking for, we want godan chahiye. So cow becomes the source of, uh, it becomes money. Then gradually agricultural revolution takes place and land then becomes Lakshmi and money. Uh, so, you know, that's the way money goes. And then some people have, you know, uh, they give, they barter their skills for goods. So you have bartering system of services and goods, you know, the year of goods and service tax. And we don't realize that's money, really. You know, money then eventually appears as a symbol. So I have got like a little cowrie shell or a kind of a, a metal uh, disc, which tells me that this car value is so much. This idea really emerges two and a half thousand years ago in India of all places. We don't realize that one of the places where money was invented was India. And it was invented by merchants in the Gangetic Plain. And they use the word Kashapana from it, from which the word cash comes. So today we use the word cash. And this word comes from an Indian word, Kashapana. And uh, so money has a very long history in India. But today money is, of course, slightly different. Now it's very symbolic. You know, as a mythologist, I study, um, you know, things that don't exist, that people believe in. People keep saying, what is mythology? Kya hai? And I say that mythology is something you believe in and money is something you believe in. You believe that the hundred rupee note will give you hundred rupees worth of uh, goods. You believe it. It's just a piece of paper with some printed material on it. And you believe that this is a note. Hai. And today, of course, money has even become digital numbers like suddenly in Paytm or in one of those digital apps, you have a number which tells you you have 50,000 rupees in the bank and suddenly it goes away and you're like, oh my God, I don't have any money. So Lakshmi has taken these many forms and all that is really Lakshmi. All that is money. And um, from a mythological angle, as you know, Lakshmi is a very important goddess. And I am surprised that we people don't pay so much attention to Lakshmi. 
in uh, you know for me personally my life changed because someone taught me about money and finance and how to manage money very early in my life and i didn't realize that money is so different today it's very different from you know you just think it's money is i buy stuff i sell stuff but it's much more than that nowadays and you know we are not educated and equipped about it luckily i'm very grateful to those finance managers and wealth managers who sort of helped me understand money and improve my habits which sort of um, both you know my knowledge of medicine uh, mythology was good but i suddenly realized hey these knowledge which we're talking about today people have been talking about it in the past and it's an important habit that we have to develop i love it you know we normally look at money as this piece of paper or like you said you know the numbers that we see in our bank account the scary part is that they are all a myth which is <laughs> the penny just dropped right now but the interesting thing is that the way money has changed in the form that it has taken but the principles have remained the same yeah. right and that is the aspect that uh, that you focused on in this book as well yes. you know the way that we should approach this concept of money so how should we approach money as a as something that we can learn from when you look at uh, uh, money you have to ask yourself you know, fundamental questions how do i how does money come in and how does money go out to lakshmi andar kaise aati hai aur bahar kaise jaati hai simple it's just as much as that and uh, you know in ancient times they would say swarg is a place where lakshmi comes willingly and nark is a place where she is not there so think about it when you are in debt you are in nark because it's miserable you have to pay expenses are there and you don't have money and what do you do with your life and that's nark really that's what hell is when you want something and you can't buy it or you have you know the bank is calling you that emi has to be paid all that is nark and uh, the other swarg is when you have abundance of it extra money you all the cushion that you have uh, you know that you can afford to spend and still there's money in the bank uh, you go on a holiday but you know when you come back you don't have to sort of scrounge for your living at the end of the month it's not that you're checking how much money is there so that you know can i go to the can i have a meal an extra meal or should i eat at home all those questions are gone so uh, i think the first question to ask yourself is how does money come into my life and how does money go out of my life and my mother used to do this uh, as a child she would always uh, sit she had this little book where she would maintain her accounts and uh, she would say that you know what is the incoming and outgoing so i obey her she would use this word in odia and i would always say why she says that she says just do this little exercise every day and you see what difference it happens in your life just check how much money you is in your wallet and how much money is going out of your wallet and it's a simple thing that we don't do right you're going out of the house just check the wallet you have 20 rupees and when you come back is it 20 is it 30 is it 10 and that little discussion in your head will reveal so much about our lives uh, of course today we have to think of digital money also so you just check your digital account when you entering leaving the house and what is your digital account when you um, you know coming back to the house at the end of the day and i think that lakshmi's departure and arrival um, is something that i feel is a very important idea to think about this is such a beautiful topic because you know very often we get stuck in that hell right when and and the question is that how do you get out of that hell is it about only that once lakshmi comes in you can get out of this hell do you get out of hell first and then lakshmi follows like is that a chicken and egg story yeah so um, you know there is this story uh, about uh, ancestors hanging upside down from a tree and and there's a pit below and um, the ancestors if they go into the pit they'll never come out they'll be 
forever lost. And so they're looking at Agastya and saying that, you know, Agastya, uh, if you don't produce a child, uh, we will die. So you have to produce a child. And he says, okay, I'll produce a child, but for that, I need a wife. And in order to get a wife, he goes to a king and he marries a princess. And the princess says, you know what? I will be your wife and I'll bear a child, but you have to treat me like a princess. And therefore, which means you have to build a house for me. You have to provide an income. You have to provide food, clothing, shelter for me and our child, which means you need a source of income. So what can you do? And, you know, the story sort of talks about the importance of thinking like when you are in hell and you think that your money is draining away, first question, how do you generate wealth? Agastya's first question in his head is, okay, I have to generate wealth. What can I do? And the answer is very simple. It's there in this famous tax called GST, you know, goods and services tax. So ask yourself, and I, you know, what can I give society? What can I give society in exchange for which they will pay me money? So, Am I providing goods? Am I doing some service? For example, if you are um, a teacher, then you are giving service of a teacher. If you're a doctor, you're giving service of a doctor. If you're an engineer, you're giving service of an engineer. If you are, um, you know, nowadays, uh, or you're manufacturing, let's say you start, uh, you're a cook. So what you're serving food, you have a restaurant, you are providing service of hospitality. Um, if you are a manufacturer, you are manufacturing, say, a bucket or you're manufacturing a pot. So you have to understand either goods or services. If not one of these two, there's nothing else you can give. See, in the old days, people, you know, what is the meaning of the word rakshas? Rakshas is someone who grabs money. Someone who grabs money. So chor, what we'll say, kuch nahi hai, to usne chori kar diya because he took it. But in Indian model is that, no, you have to exchange. A good business is about exchange. So if you want to get out of uh, your nark, you have to first ask, okay, I'm going down, down, down. What is it that I can, don't think of what I can take because then you will become a criminal. Then you are like, okay, I can take money. My mother will give me or I'll go and take a loan. That's what people do, right? They jump from one loan to the other loan to the other loan. And you are in this trap. What you need to do is I have to earn 10 rupees. And in order to earn, what is the goods and services that I bring to the table? And write that down. And I think that's where we begin. And many a times when we're saying, I job karta hoon, I always ask people, Achha, what service are you selling? And they don't get it. They're like, I job karta hoon. I'm doing work. I said, no, 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 no. Job means you are selling a service to a company for which they're paying you 1000 rupees a day, 500 rupees a day, 200 rupees a day. And when I talk like this, people are like, I never thought like that. I'm like, but you're giving service. If you're going telemarketing, then you are giving the service of putting and talking to someone in exchange for which the companies pay you X amount of money. And I think we are not trained to think like that. So I think to get out of your nark, first identify these two things. What is the goods you are selling the market? What is the service? And simple ways to just check in your house. What are the goods and services that run your house? Food, you have food, somebody's cooking the food, somebody is washing the clothes. So there are clothes, somebody has given you clothes, somebody has given you food, somebody has given you furniture. These are goods. What are services? Washing, cooking, cleaning. Three services to come sick, come Are you contributing in any of these goods and services? Because sometimes you can just work at home. You know, and reduce the cost. See, you know, I somebody once a friend of mine told me that I have no money. I said, okay, get them made out 
and you do the maid's work at home and take the maid's salary from your mother. And he said, no, no, how can I do that? I said, just, it's a source of income. It made him think about services. And I said, the maid is providing services. We use words like maid, but she's actually a service provider. She comes home, she gives a service in exchange. So what is it that you do? And then I think that sort of, uh, it's a humbling thing that helps us think, okay, this is how I get out of narka. This is how I make, maybe not swark, but dheere, 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 upar this is such a powerful thought because the first question you ask yourself when you don't have enough is what can I give? Yes. And that is the beauty of this idea. What can I give? Can I give a goods? Can I give a service? Can I give something? Only then can I get something in return. And I think that itself is just a, you know, a starburst moment. The second thing that I took out from this conversation, which is so interesting is you're never working for someone. You're always working for yourself. Yes. So don't think that I'm doing a job. It is technically I'm working for Ashton Incorporated or Devdat Incorporated. You see, this is uh, the idea of Yagya. So it's not a, like Devdat's idea. This is for thousands of years. You know, when we use the word Yagya, we think of this as a magical ritual. On TV, they will say Swaha, 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 Tathastu. But it's nothing like that. It's a very simple ritual. What is a Yagya? Yagya is a transaction or an exchange. The Yajman gives... Um, ahuti or he gives something to the devata and asks the devata to give him something in return. So you go to the temple and you give prasad, you give bhog, you give bhog to the devata and the devata you say that can you give me some prasad, can you give me something in exchange. So you begin by giving and that's the what makes yajna special. While our, all animals in the world grab food, humans are the only creature who exchange and begins by me giving you. I give something and every person who goes, you know, when you go to a station, you see in the bus, you're seeing people go to office. Each one of them is going to give either a service or produce a good. And if you see the world in the, with these two words, magical words, you know, ya to tum koi, you know, samagri bana rahe ho, ya seva kar rahe ho. then in exchange, then you realize, oh, life is yagya. I do the yagya for myself, but in the process, I give people goods and services. I think this is the Vedic way of thinking. We are constantly doing yajna. So powerful. We're going to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Welcome back. Let's jump into the conversation. Now, this is how you get out of hell. What about living in heaven? So, uh, you know, what is heaven? You know, heaven is when, all, when you have enough money to live, pay for all your expenses. You even have money to pay for your friends' expenses, family's expenses. So all expenses are taken care of and you're not worried about your next paycheck. You know, you're not worried, ki, oh my God, if I, I'm not living check to check. I'm not like, kal ka salary nahi aaya, to wapis narak mein chala jaunga. Kal job chala jayega, to wapis narak mein chala jaunga. So people work towards pension, right? Ki, I will, one day when I'll retire, I'll have enough money to live my life. Now, when that, when you have excess of resources, what do you do now? There's a whole process of creating excess of resources. That's another conversation. But when you have extra resources and you realize that I have more money than I need, now this is the time when I feel you have to ask yourself, that what do I do with extra resources? You know, they say that, you know, when the Neolithic revolution took place and farming started, people for the first time were confronted with the question, do I store or do I share? So when I have extra money, do I keep it with me? Or do I give it to others? And that's the question we have to start asking ourselves. Do I store or do I share? 
And I think that's when Swarga becomes Vaikunt. Now, Swarga and Vaikunt are two different concepts. Swarga is where the Deva... What is Vaikunt? Vaikunt is where Vishnu lives. Vishnu, the god, we call the preserver god and all that. But basically, they're two different heavens. Um, let me explain this. Uh, this is found in Buddhism, Jainism and Hinduism. They use different words. For example, Jainism will use Siddha Loka um, uh, or Buddha Loka in Buddhism or uh, Buddha Kshetra. So... Uh, Swarg is a place where all your material needs are met. But you can go to the next level where you are helping others satisfy their material needs. Because now you are under no obligations. Now you are saying, you know what? I have got the knowledge. I have got the money. I have achieved what I wanted to achieve. Let me help others achieve what I did. Let them also learn my tricks. Let me share my uh, trade secrets. Let me enable the next generation to do what I did. And that mindset of generosity, not giving people money, but enabling them to come out of Narka. So you don't give money and say, okay, I'll now pull you out of Narka. No, that's not your job. Your job is to help others pull themselves out of Narka. And I think because you have got extra money, you have the time and the bandwidth to focus on others. When you are focusing on your own life, you're busy struggling with your own struggles, your own achievements, you don't have time for other people. You're focusing on, hey, I want to make my money, I want to buy my house, I want to get my car, I want to get my pension fund. But one day, it's all done. Some people do it early, some people do it later in life, but we all do it. I mean, hopefully, we, we, we do it. Some people, unfortunately, spend their entire life struggling, which is so sad. But if the fortunate ones who are able to achieve it, some achieve it at 40, let's say the Zomato people have made so much money now, suddenly you've sold this IPO and you've got like 20 crores with you. And you realize that, you know what, I need 5 crores to live a very comfortable life. A super luxurious life will need about 10 crores. What do I do with the extra 10, the remaining 10 crores? Now is the time when you start thinking of other people. Do I store? Do I share? How do I share? Do I just blindly throw the money away? Or do I help invest in other people? Invest in small businesses. Invest in people's startups. Do I invest in the stock market. Invest in these funds. Let me figure out ways to help people. Small people, somebody's starting a shop, somebody's wanting to learn something, your, your friend wants to learn, you know, somebody wants to learn dancing, he doesn't have the 10,000 rupees, do you want to give him out? Keeping in mind that you're not giving it as charity, but as investment. That, I think, is the key. Not charity, but investment. Investing in people. Knowing that you may not get a return, but you, you can afford to not have a return at that stage. That's what a person in Swarga has to do. So you move, make the journey from Swarga to a higher reality. I think that's an important space too, which many rich people unfortunately think the whole point of being rich is to party. Correct. You know, that's a, not a spiritually uplifting idea. It's a very lazy idea. And most people are wondering, what do I do now? I've made all mm. of my money. And they're very frustrated with their lives. Because... They don't realize there's achievement and there's super achievement. Hmm. Achievement is material. Super achievement is spiritual. Where you start thinking about other people. You're saying that, you know, hey, um, my needs are met. I will focus on my contentment and I will enable others to satisfy their aspiration. This is so powerful. There are two thoughts that come to mind. One is, for example, I donate 10% of all my income to a charity. Right? The way that you're saying it is don't think about donation. It's not about giving away. It is now about how do I think of investing it in that charity or investing it in that in those people who are going to be using it. And I think that mindset shift is important. The The second interesting learning was that do you really need to have all your 
financial needs met before you can start helping others or can you already go to that level without necessarily having all your financial needs met so it's not sequential it's simultaneous mm. uh, but the fact is at the end of the day you must take care of your own bills you see what happens with social service and all that some people believe that if i help others somehow i'm a superior human being you know and i'm better and society owes me something and people should appreciate me for helping people and that's what spiritual upliftment is about in a yagya i do things because i expect something right i'm giving in order to get something but in the spiritual space you will say that you know i'll give without expecting something in return that's the shit so you can divide your work saying that, okay this work i do in order to get something in return for me but this work i do without expecting anything in return i'll still give goods and services so money being you know a symbolic means but either i give money or i give some goods i buy books i help people study i create jobs but i don't expect anything in return mujhe kuch nahi chahiye so this separation if you can do very clearly it's very important that when i don't like words like charity i don't i say everything is yagya everything is an investment with a return difference between a material and a spiritual activity is that in a material i want a return and in a spiritual activity you're saying it's okay if i don't get a return or the return the my return is a very different kind of return but i'm not expecting it if it helps people great but if it does if you know I, it's not for me so i don't want a recognition reward i don't want someone to say hey i'm doing so much of goodwill for the society there's no expectation so it's my training to become content i love that my training to become content because when you reach that level then you don't need you're not looking for validation from anybody else so powerful so dev that you've put in uh, 12 principles in your book right would you like to share a few of those principles with us some that you find very pertinent so um two three points are very important is um you know one of the points where I, uh, for me it's important is how do we accounting as a habit i think uh, accounting you know when i see uh, so i consider ganesha as a patron of accounting and people say why ganesha you know um, because ganesha in his hand holds two things one is what is called an ankush or an elephant gourd now an elephant gourd you know you can poke the elephant with it and it will move forward and it also has a hook to pull its ear so it will stop the elephant so it is and you know all our habits are a function of uh, being motivated to go forward and being held back from doing something or not do, you know doing something in an excessive way so this prodding and pulling which we have uh, is something that happens with accounting when you do accounting you start realizing where are you spending too much too little hey you're not spending on holidays what kind of life is a life where you don't spend on yourself or you're not doing enough charity and helping people investing in other people then you you're balancing your thing so i think accounting is a you know doing an excel sheet and figuring out you know now there's so many softwares and apps which help you do that uh, that which tell you what are you doing with your life and your money and how you are investing uh Uh, you know your uh, things that you're earning or is all your earning going in expenses are they going in paying bills so that's one point that i feel is a very important idea i call it how do we manage money ganesha on accounting and planning so thinking Lovely. of the future and thinking of the present the other how often should you do that the accounting principle is it an everyday thing a weekly thing a monthly thing how often should you it depends you know minimum a weekly i think a weekly habit is good i used to do it weekly Uh, and it took a long time because it's a very painful process and uh, you know i would like every saturday morning 
you know, force myself to look at my balance bank book and say, okay, I have so much money. Uh, initially, I had only one source of income because I used to work in a company and that's the only source of income. Then gradually, you know, when I started doing mythology work, I had art, money coming from articles, money coming from books, money coming from uh, other places. So I had to, you know, and there were small amounts of money. They're small, but together they made up enough to take care of my expenses. But I had to remind myself, oh, have I asked, put the bill? Have I raised the invoice? Have I paid my taxes? You know, that part is, uh, it's, it's a lot of labor. And then reminding myself, oh, these bills have to be paid. Milk ka paisa dena hai, building ka karcha hai. Uh, oh, I have to keep some money aside because the birthday coming up. I have to keep some money. Raksha Bandhan is coming up. Uh, all those ideas, you know, when I did it initially, you know, that weekly habit is something that helped me a lot. So Saturday was the day where I would, because Saturday is sat, you know, Shani ka din hota hai. And they say the Shani delays things. So it'll remind me, oh my God, I want to delay this. I don't want to do this. But, you know, it sort of would force me and, uh, you know, to look at... Uh, and it really helped me because over time I was so happy. It also gave me joy. It gave me warning signs that, hey, your money is really going low. You need to get new business. You know, now, of course, uh, you know, I have moved into a different phase in life. But in those days, you're struggling. You're giving up work. You know, when you start on your own, you get very anxious where the clients will come. You know, one month you have six clients. Next month you have four clients and your palpitations rise. And you say, oh, my God, your insecurity comes back. So I think that that one um, introspective one hour a week um, for me it was Saturday uh, is I think gave me a lot of perspective it gave me a lot of perspective so that was one idea another idea which um, um, you know uh, I remember is you know it's a concept called how do we attract money and again it comes down to Vishnu which was Vishnu on repeat orders and reference so you know I, I always tell people which is the most important temple in the country and they will give me different names of temples or dargahs or churches. You know, this temple is most popular. And I'm like, no, no, no. Tell me in principle. And then after a lot of discussion, people say that, you know, wherever your wishes are fulfilled. So, you know, jaha mannat puri hoti hai. So let's say there's a dargah where mannat is puri or some temple or some church. And people go there and their wishes are fulfilled. I said, what do you do then? I said, you go again. Because, you know, your wishes, you have another wish and you have another wish. So you go again and again. And then you tell other people about it. So basically, there is a repeat order and there's a referral. So I said, Bhagawan ko bhi pata hai, repeat order referral ka matlab kya hai. So if you satisfy <laughs> your customer, you will get... And I realized in business, you know, whether I'm giving goods or service in the market, if my customer is happy with me, he will come back to me again. And he will tell others about me. And so my key performance indicator for life to generate wealth is make the customer happy and check, does he give you repeat orders? And does he refer you to people? If these three criteria are satisfied, the chances of your business growing is very high. So customer delight, referrals, and repeat orders is something that I focused a lot early on in life. So whenever I'd give a lecture, I would sort of go out of my way to make sure the audience is very happy. And then I would check, have they called me again in a year's time? Or have they referred my name to others? And that sort of created a network. And I realized, hey, that's a simple technique to remember. Uh, you know, that's what doctors do, right? A good doctor, you go back to the doctor again. He, then you tell friends about the good doctor. Um, you know, you, it applies to services. You know, you, you go to a restaurant and you're happy with the food. You go back to the hotel. You tell your friends about it. So I think that is what this a uh, uh, point that I remembered. And finally, the one point is, you know, um, there's a Hanuman story. It's called, how do you guard your wealth? 
Wow. You know, there is a story in the Ramayana where Hanuman one day becomes very complacent and even uh, Ram disappears suddenly. And he realizes that Ram has been abducted by Mahi Ravan, who is Ravan of the Patal Lok. And he goes, he's very unhappy. And then Ram says, you know what, even Hanuman can overlook details. It's okay. Don't take tension. But always, and I thought that was about insurance, that, you know, no matter what in life, you have to insure yourself because you can make a mistake. Things can go wrong. And one way to ensure yourself is to make a will. And in India, you know, when, when I talk to people, uh, have you made a will? People don't talk about will and insurance. They feel it's bad luck. But I say, you know, if you die suddenly, and it can happen, right? What happens to your family? What happens to your children? And uh, I know so many friends of mine who are in trouble because their fathers have not made a will or have not created an insurance policy. And they're in a really bad shape, sort. you know, the legal mess around it. Um, and I said, you know, birthdays are a time, you know, I, my habit is around birthday time, when my birthday is approaching, just check my will. Um, and I think that's something that we don't do. So you know, these are some of the ideas that I talk about in my book. Devta, that is a very powerful point. Devta, how can people follow you, get in touch with you, learn more about what you do? So the easiest way is um, to be part of, uh, I have got a, a Facebook page, which is Devdat Myth. That's the handle. There's also Instagram, Devdatmi, D-V-D-U-T-T-M-Y-T-H. And of course, uh, I have my website, devdat.com. So these are the three places that you can, and I, you know, I don't allow commenters in my Facebook (laughs) because, you know, you have all all kinds of spammers and everything. So uh, just follow that and pick and choose what you like. I love it. And you've become very active on Instagram recently through this lockdown. I, I was noticing yeah, I was all the bored, little... But I'm now controlling myself. Too much of bhog has happened. Now yoga is required. I need to pull back. <laughs> I've got a little crazy, you know. I love your post-it notes and your little writings on them. Superb. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for noticing them. Thank you so much for coming. Loved it. Bye-bye. So you've been listening to Devdat Patnayak talk about finance and such brilliant ideas. And I can't wait for you to listen to the second episode that's going to come out on Thursday. Do stay tuned for it. This is part one. Part two is going to be out shortly. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media. We are at IVM podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Ashtin Doc on Twitter and Instagram. You can find lots more information on my website, awesome180.com or check out different content on my YouTube channel called A-W-E-S-O-M-E 180. That's Awesome 180.